Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. All right, seriously, let's, let's shift gears for a moment. Did you hear the lyrics that were in most of the songs that we sang this morning? And some of you that weren't here in the very beginning, I said this, I'm going to say it every single Sunday because it's true. I'm, ex- I'm literally exploding on the inside of late. I mean, God's poured so much of him into me that I'm, uh, I'm overly excited. I don't know how else to say it, but you have entered into a house of abundance. I mean, you really have. I want that to ring in your ears. I want it to be so deeply imprinted upon your spirit. You may not understand it all right now, but I'm telling you by the spirit of God, you have entered into a house of abundance. I'm telling you, you will stay with God's word. If you will stay with this house, I'm not trying to, I'm not, anybody that knows me knows I'm not trying to coerce or whatever, play silly games. But I'm telling you, the Lord God has said it is a new season. It really is a new season. I mean, it really is a new season. And this house is destined for so much abundance. I mean, it's incredible. And even like that song, everything we sang this morning, even more, think about what we sang, more than you could ask, more than you could think, more than you could ask. And as I started this morning when I shared in prayer just before worship began, I said, you know, even this morning, Ephesians 3.20 was just strong on me where, you know, where Paul says that God is able to do, remember, exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. And the Amplified, it says, you know, exceedingly, super abundantly, exceedingly, more than you could, it says, infinitely beyond your highest prayers, dreams, hopes, or thoughts. God is able to do exceeding abundantly. And the more you read, you find out it's not just that he's able. What you discover, he's willing. And in actuality, he already has done it. He is literally, and but you only will discover this when you pour yourself into this word so that he can pour into your spirit what he has done through Christ Jesus. Abundance has been released, but you've got to renew your mind. You've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can actually prove in your life what is his perfect will. I'm telling you, increase is coming to you. I'm telling you, as sure as I sit here, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, his holy son, increase, 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 increase has been released to come into your spirit, the increase, abundance of wisdom, abundance of health, abundance of money. Indeed, like Julie mentioned, I'm telling you, it's no wrong thing to want money. It's just that you got to want God first. If you want God first, money is not an issue. My God, it's simply a tool. I'm telling you, I will tell you boldly, Rod Anderson wants to be rich. And I want to tell you something else. It ain't too late. I don't care if I am 70 years old. I'm telling you, you're you're looking at a boy that's going to be rich, really rich. Because it's finally, you know, it's just been settled in my spirit. I am not afraid of money. I know what to do with money. I'm not going to be afraid of it. Hallelujah. And my wife is sure not afraid of money. Hallelujah. Amen. Right? You know what I mean. Don't take that wrong. I mean, I saw Sheila always freak out looking at her husband, Mike. Because, you know, but no, but seriously, you've got to actually catch. It's a deeply spiritual thing. Father has been trying to get into this realm ever since Jesus Christ came. What he did, he wants you to know how abundant his love. He doesn't have a little bit of love. He's not like they used to say as a joke. He's not a brill cream God, a little dabble, do you? And, and it really is true. You know, his name is one of his master names in the Old Covenant is El Shaddai or El Shaddai. And it means literally the breasty one. It means the one who is more than enough. More. And see, sadly, a lot, I would say the majority of the body of Christ doesn't even live or doesn't actually think like he is even enough. But again, it's how you think. Your thinking has entrapped you into a particular way of life. And see, what church is all about, again, it's not just a place to gather people. It's, it's a, we don't want you 
baptized into a doctrine as much as we want you to enter into a brand new lifestyle. Hallelujah. The lifestyle that God has intended for his children to walk in. We are called to be lights in this world. We, we are called to be people, I read this morning, some, that reflect the generosity and the grace of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to reflect it. People are supposed to look at us and say, wow, look what serving God, their God does. Look, at the, look, look how God is blessing them. Look what God is doing. Look to how they have a joy. Even though we go through tribulations like everybody else, Jesus said, you know, blah, blah, blah. But because we're doers of the word, it says when the rains fall and the winds blow, our house won't fall. Because we've built it upon the solid rock of his grace, his love, his word to us. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm just, oh man, I'm telling you, I could go a thousand directions every day now because I'm just, God is just flooding my spirit with light and life and I'm enjoying every second of it. And um, you have entered into a house of abundance. Father, I pray so strongly that that will not sound cliche to them. You've heard my prayers before. Father, I'm asking that you can, well, you, only by your Holy Spirit can you do this. I'm asking you to mark, pierce, penetrate every heart here with your truth, not mine, your truth, about what you've already done to the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what's available, what their job assignment is. Every single one of these people have an assignment from heaven to just shine. I mean to shine. I mean to utterly shine and that your glory might be reflected in their life. Father, forgive us for, for thinking for a moment that we should settle for anything less than the excellency of your spirit that you poured out to be inside of us. I mean your spirit, your, the spirit of God. The spirit of the living God is in us. Your spirit, the spirit of God, the creator. You're in us, the creator lives within us, I and you, you and me, we together, one body. I don't know, Father, help us to somehow get past the knowledge of it to the presence, to the truth, to the reality of it. Again, like your word says, may these things be written upon the tablets of our heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, I'm telling you, the mighty name of Jesus. You are a God that is more than enough. You're more than enough. Like Vivian just said as well, the testimony, everything, every spirit right now is speaking the same thing. More, more, more. Not because we're selfish. It's just who you are. You want us to have more and more and more and more and more. And then when we get done with that, more and more and more and more. I thank you, Father, that we will enjoy really to the full what it means to have more than enough to give to any needy situation that we see, that you will use us. We will be a blessing to the people of the city, to the people of our church. I thank you, Father, for the ministry to the poor. I thank you in Jesus' name, Father, that you will bring us the hurt and the afflicted, the wounded, and in Jesus' name, by his stripes, you will heal them and you will bless them. And you will teach them how to work. You will teach them how to give glory to you. And you will bless them. And then they in turn will begin to bless others. And this recycling of your, what, what you do will just duplicate itself over and over and over again. Oh man, so I'm excited. I'm excited, Father. Abundance has come to us. Hallelujah. And we're going to do everything we can to open our arms and speak in line with what you've said that we might enjoy the promise of God, enjoy the promise of heaven to each and every one of us for your no respecter. Oh, my God, man. Hallelujah. Turn back to James 3. I'm going to continue. Last week I started this thing. I'm, going to, I'm calling it earthbound with the question mark. I'm going to go over the basic scriptures about um, what as I began with, because of the words of our mouth and something. But I, I'm going to read again. I'm going to make this statement that I made last week. So while you're turning to James 3, let me say this again, read it to you, and I want you to hear it. One thing that must be understood before anyone can successfully be a man or a woman of faith is this. No one has a choice 
or whether of whether or not he lives by words. You don't have a choice about whether or not you live by words because the Bible is a word system. The kingdom of God functions by words. But you do have the choice of what words you live by. You do have the choice. You make the choice of what words you want to live by. Now, real quickly, let's go through James 3 again. James 3, starting in verse 2. I read from the Amplified Bible again. For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, sounds impossible, doesn't it? Never says the wrong things. He is a fully developed character and a perfect man. The word perfect almost every time in the New Testament, it speaks to being mature. Perfect means mature. So think past the fact that perfect means no faults, no fragments whatsoever. No, it just means the more perfect your language is, the more mature you become. It's just what the Bible says is true. Anyone who does not offend in speech never says the wrong thing. He is a fully developed character and a perfect man able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. Now, either you believe that or you don't. If we set bits in the horse's mouths to make them obey us, we can turn their whole bodies about. Likewise, look at the ships. Though they are so great and are driven by rough winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the impulse of the helmsman determines. Yours five, even so, everybody say even so. Even so, the tongue is a little member. Let me ask again. Do any of you here believe the Bible? Or, it's funny, about five people raise their hand. Well, hopefully the rest of you will at some point too. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it can boast of great things. See how much wood or how great a forest a tiny spark can set ablaze. That's very simple. I mean, you can't say it any simpler than that. Very nice. And then James says in verse 6, and the tongue is a fire. God's word says the tongue is a fire. Now, think negative, think positive, think positive, think negative. The tongue sets things on fire. And he goes on to say, the tongue is a world of wickedness set among our members, contaminating and depraving the whole body. And this is the important part of verse 6. And it's amplified, says, and it sets on fire the wheel of birth. Then in parentheses, it'll say the cycle of man's nature being itself ignited by hell, Gehenna. But what it's saying is this. It speaks, the Greek words there speaks of cyclic motion, something that goes around and around and again. But in particular, it speaks of something that is initiated. That's why it says, see how huge a blaze a tiny spark can light. Your tongue sets things in motion. Just get that much. Okay, you with me? Your tongue sets things in motion. And then it says the tongue can no man tame. Verse 8. We'll jump to verse 8. But the human tongue can be tamed by no man. It is a restless undiscipline. Evil. Verse 9, with it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who are made in God's likeness. Verse 10, out of the same mouth come forth blessing and cursing. These things, my brethren, are not to be. The tongue can no human, no, no man, no man in his humanity contain. But you see what you're going to discover as we read on, you're, the natural man can, but the supernatural man can. The man who's led by the Spirit, the man who learns how to yield his members, tongue is a member, we're told that we can yield our members as servants to righteousness. Amen? So basically what I want you to see again as we're going into this is that your tongue, whether you like it or not, you have no choice in the matter because the kingdom of God will function through your words. Your words set things in motion. It either starts stuff or keeps watering stuff, or whatever, sets things in motion. Now turn to John chapter 3 real quickly. John 3. Emmanuel, that's in the New Testament. Trying to help him. John 3. This is where, G I, uh, excuse me, not Jairus, 
Nicodemus comes and said, he, he talks to Jesus, and Jesus says in verse 3, except you be born again, you can't enter into the kingdom of God. And that's confusing to him, and he says, what do you mean? Can you be enter into a mother's womb a second time? Being born? No, no, no. Verse 5, Jesus said, I assure you most solemnly, I'll tell you, unless a man is born of water, say water, and even the spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6, what is born of and from the flesh is flesh. There's things that get born from your flesh. And what is born of the spirit of spirit, things can be birthed from the spirit. Anyhow, and then Jesus goes on to talk to him some more about these things. But then he comes down here, and um, verse 9, Nicodemus answered by asking, how can all this be possible? Jesus replied, Are you the teacher of Israel and yet do not know or understand these things? Are they strange to you? Verse 11, Jesus said, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you. Now, what I, what I want you to get from these verses is something very simple, but it's something that you have to respect. You hear me? I, I mean, obviously, Jesus is the Son of God manifested in flesh. Again, we know that he functioned on the planet Earth as the Son of Man, stripped of his Godhead powers, stripped of all Godhead powers, so he had to function in the Earth as a man, as a human. But a human, the first thing that happened, a human baptized in the Holy Ghost, filled with God's Holy Spirit. And this is why, again, he said, the works that I do, you will do also. I'm telling you, you need to really, 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 really I don't care how religious you are and how long you've been in church. We need to go back to that again and actually believe if you're born of God, there's no work in the New Testament that he did that you can't do. Because his spirit lives in you right now. But you've got to get your mind renewed to that. You carry the kingdom right now. The kingdom of God's in you right now. All the healing power that Jesus Christ ever had is in you right now. All the delivering power that Jesus Christ had in him is in every single one of you that are born again right now. Hallelujah. See, see, this is coming alive to me more than ever in my 35 years of Christianity. It's exploding on inside of me. I carry the kingdom. When I walk in the room, the kingdom walks in. But see, when you walk in the room, the kingdom of God walks in. But you've got to think this. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to re this has got to be in your thinking. I mean, it's in my thinking right now. I would... Before God, with humility, it's in my thinking at least 75% of my every day right now. I mean, it's just rolling around. I've got the kingdom on me. The kingdom of God's inside of me. God's anointing. His anointing is not only on me, it's in me, and he wants it to work through me. All I have to do now is be bold enough to do it. I've got a hand. They am on the sick. You said they'd be healed. Not through any power of mine, but through the anointing of yours that dwells within me. In my obedience to you, your anointing is released to others. And this is something all of us, we need to carry over into every single area. Even if you're not a preacher, you know, again, like our musicians, my God, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because you've anointed me to preach this gospel, and I'm going to preach it through my songs. But you need to confess that. You need to receive it. And I mean, I'm, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's, and boldly, because that's the only message Jesus Christ ever preached. Did you know that everywhere he went, his whole three and a half years, the only he preached the same message everywhere he went? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to deliver the, the captive, to heal the sick, to recover his sight to the blind, hallelujah, to deliver them that are captive, to preach the jubilee, the acceptable of the Lord. That's what I'm, I've come to do. And he was successful in what he came to do. Hallelujah. Please believe that. And what I love about why I love reading the epistles so much is it really struck me a while back when I got to the end of, I think, the book of Luke, when it said that after Jesus had risen from the dead, that he was with the disciples many, listen to this, Jesus, after he was raised from the dead, was with the disciples for many days, instructing them clearly about the scriptures and about his word. Can you imagine, in other words, for many days, Jesus unwrapped the whole old covenant to them and unwrapped everything and how he had fulfilled this and what the new looked like. And so these, that's why Peter and John and James and these, they're giving us the instruction that Jesus gave them after he was raised from the dead. And the same with Paul in particular. 
because Paul had this special visitation of Jesus that was different from any of the disciples. But Jesus goes on to say here in verse uh, 11, John 3:11. Jesus said, I, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, we speak only of what we know. We know absolutely what we are talking about. We are actually, we have actually seen. Now, Jesus, it's funny because he's saying we, but he's right now he's by himself. But it's prophecy actually about us. It's funny. I don't have time to go through the wording. But the thing is, what I was trying, what I was trying to say earlier, Jesus Christ is speaking from his realm, from his understanding of where he comes from. And now watch what he says. We have actually seen what we are testifying to. We were eyewitnesses of it. And still you do not receive our testimony. This is right in the beginning of his ministry. And still you do not receive our ministry. You reject and refuse our evidence, that of myself and of all those who are born of the Spirit. So you, you and I are born of the Spirit. But this is verse 12. Listen to verse 12. Try to just catch this. If, everybody say if. If I have told you of things that happen right here on the earth, and yet none of you believes me, how can you believe, trust me, adhere to me, rely on me, if I tell you of heavenly things? Now why that's important is because what he's saying is, I want to talk to you about heavenly things. I'm not speaking to you from an earthly perspective. I have to meet you with some earthly parables, but everything I'm speaking to you from here, I'm intending to do so that it might lift you to up here. I'm trying to get you to understand how the kingdom that I come from works. Now, this is where I got this message from. Turn to John, then verse, same thing, John 3, verse 31. This is with the, uh, the prophet John speaking, where in verse 30 he says, He must increase, I must decrease. But then 31 says this, John is speaking, He who comes from, now this, I, I love the Amplified. This is where I got this, the, the name of this. He who comes from above heaven, Jesus, is far above all others. He, who, look at this language. Well, what it says. He who comes from the earth belongs to the earth and talks the language of earth. And that struck me when I was studying a few weeks ago. The language of earth. I just kept saying that back and forth. It rose up my spirit. Are you speaking the language of earth, Rod? And are you expecting to be connected to heaven when you speak the language of the earth? I mean, I just kept hearing, are you speaking the language of the earth and expecting to be connected to the to the works in the language of heaven. It doesn't work. He said, he who comes from the earth belongs to the earth and talks the language of the earth. His words are from an earthly standpoint. But he who comes from heaven is far above all others. Far superior. Hallelujah. My Jesus is far superior. He, my Lion of Judah, is roaring in power and he is fighting my battles. I think I'll use that as lyrics to a song. I like that. I love those lyrics. Um, he who comes from heaven is far above, far, far above all others, far superior to all others in prominence and in excellence. Verse 32, it is to what he has actually seen and heard. In other words, this is no rumor. It is to what he has actually seen and heard that he bears testimony, and yet no one accepts his testimony. No one receives his evidence as true. Verse 33, whoever receives his testimony, whoever does receive his testimony, has set his seal of approval to this. God is true. That struck me too. The moment I believe, in other words, and I said it, I was praying, I said, yeah, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe. Therefore, I'm going to set my own personal, not that I wouldn't think it amounts to much, but see, to heaven, it, it amounts to much. You need to approve, agree, 
respect and receive that it's God's work. And so I, he had me like an act of consecration. I said, I set my seal of approval upon this one big truth. God is true. It's like something in heaven. Something opened up. Because I, I said it. I did it. I said, I'm putting my seal of approval on this. I believe God is true. That man has definitely certified, acknowledged, declared once and for all, and is himself assured that it is divine truth that God cannot lie. Have you made that decision? You need to make that decision. God cannot lie. I said God cannot lie. Truth is eternal. Remember, facts, F-A-C-T-S, facts are temporal. Anything that you can see, remember, is subject to change. But there are things that are unseen. The Bible says they are deathless and eternal. And that's where truth abides. You see, Jesus is speaking from another plane. But he wants us to re, re, kind of, he wants us to learn how to set aside the language of the earth. Because if we keep speaking the language of the earth, we are earthbound. And he wants us to adopt the language of heaven and really understand how words work, what God sees, how the kingdom works. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I say it over and over again. The word righteousness means right standing. It's a legal term. If you'll seek first the kingdom and find out how it works. That's what the verse actually says, Matthew 6 then all those things that you seek for, that the Gentiles seek for, will be added unto you as well. You have to find out how the kingdom works. And this is what I'm really endeavoring to do over these several weeks right now, as long as God leads me into this. Let me keep going. So whoever receives, well, whatever. He sets, he declares once and for all that it is divine truth that God cannot lie. Now, verse 34. Remember how I've said many times I learned from my, my spiritual father, Ed Cole, Everything, everything God does, he does according to a pattern and based upon a principle, right? So watch this for John's testimony about Jesus, verse 34. For since he whom God has sent, well, who, he's talking about Jesus, right? Right? For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. Can you and I speak the word of God? You think we're supposed to? Remember the word confession. To confess the word, the word confession, the actual Greek word, it's real simple. It's homo legeo. Legeo means like the logos, the, all of the word. But homo means the same. Legeo means the word. We're literally to speak, it literally means speak the same thing as. I am to hold fast my confession. I'm to hold fast to my confession, my speaking of the same thing as Christ spoke. If I want to experience a whole lot more of heaven. So let's read it. For since he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, proclaims God's own message. Can we proclaim his message? Is that not what we're called to do? What the Spirit of God is upon us to proclaim this truth? What happens when Jesus, what happens when Jesus speaks the words of God? It says, God, because Jesus does this, God does not give him his spirit sparingly or by measure, but boundless, boundless is the gift God makes of his spirit. I'm trying to tell you that you can increase and increase and increase. Heaven's dominion that is rightly yours becomes far more evident and far more fruitful and becomes to be, it just becomes stronger and stronger. You carry more of the presence, more of the power, and more of the might as you begin to speak the words that God speaks. He will not sparingly give you the kingdom. 
boundless will be the gift of God to you. Abundance. Abundance. Willingness. Oh, God, help the people. Willingness. He withholds no good things from those who walk before him. He withholds no good things. Willing, willing. He's willing. Jesus, remember the leper with you are willing. You can heal me. He said, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. I am willing. My God, you've got to settle this. You have to settle this question in your own heart. He is willing. He is willing. You've got to push through the doubt. You've got to push through the unbelief. You've got to reject it out of hand and say, no. You have to learn. It's true. You have to learn how to doubt your doubts. Remember, that's Satan's job is to interject doubt about what God has said. But this is why one of your greatest weapons is to doubt your doubts. When you begin to doubt, when Satan says that you're going to die, and you say, I doubt that, Satan gets confused because he says, wait a minute, I'm the one that's supposed to doubt, should tell you to doubt. And you turn back at him and say, well, no, well, right now I'm doubting you. I doubt it. He says, well, you can't do that. And can, Satan gets confused and looks around and looks at the devils. Can he do that? I'm just, I doubt, he doubted me. I don't know if he can doubt me or not. I doubt. He said, I doubt that. <laughs> he wants, God wants us to get beyond doubt. Here's doubt. But he wants you and I to be way, I mean, I'm beyond doubt that he's willing. And it gets easier. It just gets so easy. You finally settle it. You don't freak out about it if there's a problem down here. Listen, there's problems in my life, problems in everybody's life to some degree. And sometimes they're bigger, sometimes they're smaller, sometimes you've got rest periods, sometimes you're in full-out warfare. But the thing is, once this stuff comes alive in you, like I said, one of the greatest truths of the Scripture is when you really find out about the love of God, you understand that literally it was designed to destroy the panic syndrome in you. Where you just always <laughs> freak out. You just go, okay, like Peter, I don't understand this right now, but I know your life. Jesus, I know your life, so I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving. Here's your life and your love. So I'm going to stick right here. I may not understand fully what's going on right now, but your word says I will understand later. But right now, one thing I'm going to do, I'm not going to panic. And one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to reject fear. I rebuke fear. I refuse to fear. I love what some, Bill Johnson said. He said, you know, Psalm 23, it says, uh, um, the, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want and it's true. He said, you've got to have that in everyday language every time you talk. I shall not want. I'm telling you, I shall not want. I shall not want for creativity. I shall not want for finance. I shall not want for health. I shall not want. You need to say that about 5,000 times every day. I shall not want. Hallelujah. I saw a t-shirt on somebody yesterday. It really struck me. It says, creativity is my weapon. Isn't that cool? I like that. Creativity is my weapon. Actually, it was on Sean Bolt's of all the guys to be on, I guess the creativity is my weapon. I said, yeah, hallelujah. But I mean, this, God's word is good. <laughs> I, I, I just want us, I want us to get in and go deeper. Anyhow, let's, let's, let me keep going here. And also I mentioned last week real quick that it is true that Romans 5, 17, which is a target of ours, says that those who have received, can you put up John 5, 17 for me just real quick? It says that because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one, but it says much more surely, and again, like you heard me teach a while back in Romans, when the word much more in that lexicon says it, must, it should be accompanied by a shout. Because it's not much more, it's much more. Again, God is just bigger. God is bigger. Satan is... Remember, even in Isaiah, it says that in that day, at the end, after the millennial reign of Christ, when we shall see, we shall stand around and see Satan be thrown into that final eternal pit. Remember what it says, the kings of this earth and the people will look at him that fought us all these centuries. And, you, and remember what it says that we'll say? You mean to tell me that? Isn't that what it says? And it says, do you mean to tell me that it says that kings will marvel 
That is what deceived us all this time. See, people, this is why all the movies have these Satan things and dark things and monsters. They make them gigantic because it's part of hell's job. He wants you to think that evil is bigger than God is. He wants you to think that bad is more powerful than good. The Bible says overcome evil with good. You overcome evil with good is more powerful than evil is what he's trying to tell you. But see, you have to believe it because what you believe, you empower. If you believe a lie, 1 Thessalonians says you'll be damned for it. In whatever area that you believe a lie, like you heard me teach, if you believe that healing is not from God, you're damned in the area of healing. If you believe that having money is not of God, then you'll be damned in the area of having money. You've got to open your arms wide and say, God wants me well. God wants me to have bank accounts full of money. God wants me to be able to go anywhere I need to go to preach this gospel. Hallelujah. God wants me everywhere I go, in my office, wherever. He wants me. He wants me to know I'm carrying the kingdom. The healing power of God is in these hands. And it, does, it doesn't say pray and lay hands on the sick. It just says, in my name you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You've got to understand you don't have to even pray. Just walk up to somebody and put your hand on the shoulder and say, you know what, I pray you have a good day today or just have a good day, but have that, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Have faith when you do it. Anyhow, Romans 5, 5, 5, 17 says, as many as receive, I'll quote from the King James, as many as receive the abundance of grace, and there it is. See, every place you go, you can't help it. It's about abundance. <laughs> God wants you to see it, and there's nothing small about our God. The ministry has increased. Hallelujah. As many as receive the abundance of grace. We're going to have to teach on grace tomorrow again. As many as receive the abundance of grace and the gift. Say gift. Remember, you cannot earn a gift. We sang that this morning too. You can't earn what's been given is free. What? Listen to all the words we sang. It's so beautiful. God really orchestrated this morning, huh? Many has received the abundance of grace and the free gift of right standing with God shall reign in life as kings by one Christ Jesus. That is our assignment. If you're born again, you need to notify yourself you have received abundance of grace. Not a little bit. And grace is what empowers you for your, for your service. And I taught on grace at the Bible school. There's this whole thing. That says, it just literally says, I can't remember what the verse is right now, but grace literally empowers you to say no. Just to, you have to have a revelation of grace. But anyhow, our assignment is to reign as kings in life. And Ecclesiastes 8.4 says, where the word of the king is, there is power. Are you not called kings and priests? Are you kings and priests? Think about that. See, even that right there. We could take 14 Sundays, like, my God, what's the guy from who died so sadly? Oh, my God. Barbados or what? Used to come, you know, the guy, the, the black preacher from the West Indies that died in a helicopter. But the Bahamas, what's the name? Yeah, yeah, my God, you know, he did, he wrote like two or three books on this thing about royalty. See, again, people just, we don't hear it. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, we quote that so much, we don't even know it. You need to hear this over and over again. You are kings and queens. You are. No king, particularly our king, ever worries about whether or not he has enough resources. Do they? Do you think God is worried about having enough resources in heaven to meet your needs? Seriously. But see, as long as you live like a servant, like a slave, as long as you have a slavery, slave mind, then you expect nothing because you feel you're undeserving. 
And that's the whole teaching of righteousness. You have to teach on, you know, right, teaching on righteousness is a huge deal, the revelation of righteousness. Again, you've heard me teach it when I taught it, but I mean, we need to go over it again. These kind of things you have to go over and over again because faith comes by hearing, hearing, hearing. That righteousness, remember, when you believed on Jesus Christ, the God's own righteousness. The righteousness, the right standing that Jesus walked in and represented his Father, that same righteousness has been deposited into your account, Romans says. It says it's been literally put into your spirit. And that's why the Bible says later, awake unto righteousness. Awake to the fact that you have right standing and you'll sin no more. But you're king and you're queen. So you have to begin to see yourself as different. I'm telling you. I like something Cindy Jacobs said many years ago made me laugh. She says, you know, God, God kind of has an attitude about being God. <laughs> he he kind of knows who he is. You hear me? And I'm telling you, now you got to hear me right, don't hear me wrong. When you begin to actually receive what God has done with you, you begin to have a bit of an attitude. How dare you come against me with that? I mean, really, something rises up in you. In other words, you don't just go, oh, God did this, and oh, my God, hell has broken this together. Oh, oh. I mean, you, something begins, because you begin to understand something. Wait a minute, this, this is actually true. I have rights and privileges in the kingdom because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I actually have been redeemed. That price has been paid. I don't have to pay it. I don't have to pay it. I don't have to pay it. My Jesus, my, my Savior paid that. I said he paid that. And so you begin to walk with them. I'm trying to say you need to develop a more kingly attitude, a greater revelation that you ladies are true queens. The Queen of England right now, she's very secure. No matter what her age is, she's very secure. She's calm. You ladies that are queens, be calm. Recognize, recognize the power that's at your disposal. Recognize the income and the resources that are at your disposal. And start talking like a queen. Where the word of a king is, there's power. And the word of a, a queen is, there's power. But see, you have to, the greatest message of all the scriptures is still love. Because you see, it's love that refines all these truths so that when you recognize that you carry this kind of power, this authority, you don't, you know, this is why God has to get you founded securely, rooted securely in the love of God first because that power in your mouth is the power of death or life. And you got to fall in love with God and let God, well, God's already in love with you, but you got to, Understand that love is the foundation of Christianity. That's first things first, man, because that's what will keep you from being, you know, as a father, when Jamie was little, like Julie was talking about the car, he had about three accidents in the car. Funny, he'd be driving home from school when he first started driving 17 years old. Dad, I went around a corner and a tree jumped out and hit the car. <laughs> that's basically what he said. The very first accident. I was driving home from Marlowe, Dad, and I'm telling you, this tree wasn't there before. And it jumped, it jumped right up. Same road I've been driving, but this tree just jumped out and it hit the car. I'm sorry. And I'm telling you, my son, Jamie, Emmanuel, anybody who knows him, he's gifted with words. And boy, he could communicate so clearly how that tree moved that he has you believe in it in <laughs> a couple of minutes. what I mean in a couple of minutes. Oh, it's funny. But you have to have the love of God. Really, you know, just constantly. This is why he said it should have brought in your heart. But see, like anything God gives you, you have to yield to it. You know, 
I mean, it's the old thing, man. You can have five brand new Bentleys in your house, in your garage, on the street right now, and never use them. But, and this is what you got to think. I mean, all of, uh, the Bible says God has. Well, what do you do with this? Religious people don't like this verse. God has given us all things to enjoy, not to worship. But he has no problem with us enjoying. Again, he wants the world to see increase on our lives because it reflects who we serve. I didn't say that first. I think I heard, I don't know, I've been listening, Julie and I have been listening to so many messages. I don't remember who said that. It was either Jesse Planners or Bill Johnson or one of those guys. But, you know, what we, how we live, you know, it reflects who we serve. That's why he said, you know, when you buy, it may cost more, but he said, you know, don't buy cheap because it reflects who you serve. And you see how many, but tell me, how many people can take that wrong? But see, this is why the love of God is the equalizer. It's like a divine equalizer. It keeps you in line. Let me keep going here because my God Almighty, I tell you, I can, I'm telling you, I, I, told, I told Julie earlier, I wonder if we could ever on a Sunday, I said, I don't know if this ever work, but I'd like to maybe get done preaching, have the whole service in, wait for about 45 minutes. And I said, I wonder if anybody would come if I didn't preach for another hour. You know, I said, don't have to have a worship necessarily, but I mean, but of course it would mess up everybody with set up and what have you like that. But I'm one of these people, I like to have like a three hour shot. <laughs> because that, I'm sorry, but that, you know I'm used to the Bible school stuff. That's what that's when you really begin to build. That's like when you guys, any of you that have been to a conference, you know what I mean. It may take a lot of energy to be there all day, but if you got, if you know, that's where Jill and I grew up. We all did going to conferences like that. Man, you hear three or four, you hear four hours of the true word of God in a day, and your spirit's supercharged. It just is. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that. Did. Well, I don't know. I may do it one Sunday, but uh, but but no 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 no. But I'm just saying, don't worry. Nobody, you know, like nobody's going to lock the doors, so you have to stay here. But listen, let's get on with this. Where the word of the king is is a power. And I wrote this statement down. Why undergird what the devil says about you? Again, we you see we're kings. Why? Again, something Bill Johnson said for years. He said, I cannot afford to have thoughts in my mind that God doesn't think about me. Isn't that a beautiful statement? I cannot afford to have thoughts in my mind that my God doesn't think about me. So why undergird? Because if you begin to talk about what the devil says about you, you're undergirding that and you're denying yourself the kingdom. Think about it. Do not speak in agreement with him. Saying what God says in the midst of your trials is one of the strongest moments when you bloody the devil's nose. Saying what God says in the midst of your trials is one of the strongest moments when you bloody the devil's nose. Say, I shall not want for anything and everything. I shall not want for healing. I shall not want for finances. I shall not want for wisdom. I mean, think about it. We know it. We say it. We even sing it. But does God's word mean it? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so? Are you supposed to say so? What's it say about the weak? What should the weak do? Why is that in there? Why is that in there if it doesn't mean that there'll be a transfer of something? If you talk right, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Or let the poor say, I'm rich. See, you have to say it before you have it to ever have it. Well, Charles Capps, remember all those years ago, said, I've told my people, Jesus said, I've told my people they can have what they say, but the problem is they're saying what they have. 
we're supposed to call those things that be not as though they were. Romans, in Romans, the Bible says, God speaks of not, speaks, God speaks, God speaks of non-existent things as if they already existed. I'm rich. I dare you to say I'm rich. I dare you to say this, I'm debt free. I'm totally debt free. I owe no man anything but to love them. I'm a debt free man. Our entire family is debt free. And we have more than enough. More than enough to give to any need we see. Now, doesn't that just feel good in your mouth? Seriously. And I'm not, see, you're teaching that faith stuff. Yeah, I am. Because that's what Jesus preached. I didn't write the book. My old joke, my name's Rod, his name's God. But that's where the resemblance ends. Remember I always say, let the weak say that they're strong. Let the weak say they're strong. Do you feel weak? What are you supposed to do? What's God's remedy? I'm strong. And your head's going, well, this is a stupid, I'm so weak, I'm going to die. But he said, say the opposite of what you're feeling. If your feeling doesn't line up with the kingdom, don't speak it. Speak what the kingdom says. Good Lord, I don't want to be earthbound. Going back to the verse in John 3, see, I am, I'm going to be, I, I, in Jesus' name, I got a new fresh target in just new language for me. I'm not going to be bound to the language of the earth because I want to be connected to heaven more than I'm connected to earth. And hopefully you'll join with me. I shall not want the healing as long as I live. Um, like Psalm 23, again, I heard this from another preacher. I love it. He said, you know, where it says, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And he said, I refuse to be impressed with the shadow. <laughs> you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we get impressed with the shadow. <gasps> it's not even real. It's a shadow. Don't be impressed. Don't be impressed with the shadow. Be impressed with God. Be impressed with what God says about you. You really have already overcome the world because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And this is the victory that overcame the world. And what is it? It is your faith. It's what you believe. Faith is what you believe. But faith, you cannot separate believing from saying when you come to faith. You cannot separate speaking from believing when it comes to the topic of faith. Faith is only released through believing what you believe in your heart and with the confession of your mouth. Do you hear me? Do you really hear me? You can't disconnect. You can't, when you're talking about faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. That means you have to understand the kingdom of God and how it works. And that means you have to understand about what's in your heart in abundance because what's in your heart in abundance comes out of your mouth. You have to understand that the only way faith is released is through the words of your mouth. And that's why the only way heaven knows what you actually believe is what you speak when you're under pressure. Do you speak the kingdom? Do you speak the language of the earth? It's your choice. Like I said, you have no choice whether or not you can live by the system because it's the system that's in the earth. But you can have a choice about the words you use. Uh, our identity has to be built upon how God sees things. We must view things through his eyes. And you have to know that you know that you know. Listen to this. His destiny for you is greater than your greatest day of imagination. His destiny for you is greater than your greatest day of imagination. The more, I, you know, he's... What was, the, what was the lyrics again? More than we could ask, more than we could think. Again, go back to that. Think. 
I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think, Rod. Well, how big can you think? But be honest. Most people, hell has made them only think small because of what they've experienced. But it, what you've experienced is because in the past you weren't connected to God or you didn't have the knowledge of God. And like we all know, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed because of that lack of knowledge. But now that you're gaining knowledge of how the kingdom works, you're not bound to that earth. You're not bound to that death anymore. You're not bound to sin anymore. Your relationship to sin has been broken so that your relationship to God might be perfect. And we now have perfect fellowship with God Almighty and each and every one of us get to come boldly to the throne of God's grace to find help in time of need. But again, he demands faith. And faith means what faith is connected to what you speak and what you believe. So faith comes by hearing. So this is why I'm saying, I'm telling you, we're going to do it over and over and every week came up. You know, Lucy helped a lot back then when we were talking, when Lucy and Angela and I think Bobby were there when we first started talking about reforming and like rebranding the church and just getting something fresh and new about these three pillars of the church. And I want them in everybody's heart. I'm going to print out more of those things for people because I want to make sure everybody has that. Just the vision document that's about, uh, um, you know, just not structure in the church, but it's about the heart behind it. And it is these three things. We've made the decision. Got them in the wrong direction. That's all right. <laughs> we've got, we've got to, we've, no, but seriously, it's, I don't want us to just be clever about it. But I'm telling you, this is our goal. We want people to, we want you to know enough about the kingdom that you actually live full. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more what? Abundance. There it goes. There's a word again. I didn't know. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and bless God, have it more abundantly. The Amplified says, to the full. Till it overflows. So we want you to live full. And of course, love deep is the next one. And that's my life message along with blood covenant. You can't escape the love of God. It is the foundation of all Christianity. To love deep. To finally mature to the point that you're not like some little child where you get so easily offended at everything and anything everybody says. And you strive about this and get in strife about that. And you're all, you know, that is so petty. And it destroys God's grace as far as its ability to set you free in areas. It hinders your walk. You push blessings away. Literally, when you enjoy strife and hang, into, hang on to unforgiveness, it's the silliest thing on the earth. It just pushes blessings to the side. They're still there, but you can't enjoy them because you're holding on to something that you think is it's actually pride. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stay angry. Well, you're just dumb is what you are. Because, you know, you you set yourself in a position where God has to resist you. God resists the proud. Anyhow. And dream big. In the name of Jesus, again, no small thinkers here. Exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think. Just be like a child. See how big you can think. When Julie, you know, I have to admit in my flesh, when Julie said God said something to her about 800 million pounds coming to her, I went, really, 800 pounds, 800 million pounds. I mean, I'm pretty good, you know, I have to say I've changed all just in the, just in the month, like I said, but, you know, I'm, I'm serious, you know, 20,000 pounds, I might have been able to go, yeah. But 800 million pounds? But, you, but then you begin to, if you spend time with God, ooh, ooh, if you actually begin to enter into this thing where you have more, I, you know, it's true. I heard something like Jesse said, but it's true. It's where I am. And so I don't pray as much as I just talk with God. I have conversation with him. We talk and we have fellowship one with another. And the more you do that, again, you realize he is, he's, he's not offended by numbers. I mean, do you, because it, I've read the book, it actually says, and I believe it, all the silver, all the gold is mine, saith the Lord. 
It's all his. A lot of the enemies have it in their hands. But i got to tell you something God showed me, even again this morning when I was praying why I keep saying this, in Jesus' name, we're a house of abundance. Uh, I mean, 25 years ago, Kenneth Copeland was prophesying. I was at a leaders' conference where I first met Ed Cole in uh, the Bonaventure Hotel in Los Angeles. I had a two days off from preaching at other churches. And he said something that became a vivid picture in my mind when he was teaching about kingdom keys to prosperity. He said, people don't understand. You know what a reservoir is, you know, filled with water? And because I grew up in the mountains and they'd have these big reservoirs up there because you'd catch all this absolutely pure, clear rainwater and snow melt and what have you. But anyhow, he said, Satan has all this wealth of the world sequestered away in these gigantic reservoirs in high places. Satanic reservoirs full of the wealth that actually belongs to the kingdom of God. But because of ignorance and lack of knowledge on the part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Satan has gathered all that money up. The rich, the silver, and the gold that is actually God's. It's God's. It's God's. And they put it in reservoirs to keep it away. He has to keep money away from us because he knows what true believers in Jesus Christ will do with money. I'm telling you, all these multi-billionaires, and you think about all the, how many children can you feed in Africa? With a billion pounds? How many wells can you dig? How many, how many of those solar systems can you, solar light, solar heat, solar systems can you put in to produce what they need to keep these kids from dying? You know, we could feed the earth. There's enough wealth to feed every child on planet earth. So none of them have to die. None of them need to be malnourished. None of them. But that money is in these satanic reservoirs. But he prophesied way back then, man, like 30 years ago. He said, but as, as, as the wisdom, as, as knowledge about this begins to come, and, you know, it says, you know, I'll give you a hundredfold with great persecution because when you begin to talk about money, persecution comes. It just flat does because, you know, the religious people are there. You just want money. No, I don't want it like you think I want it, but I want it. But I want it for the right reasons. But the point is, he said, it's like people, there's so few people in the church that really understand that, that it's like this gigantic dam. Like Julie and I have been to the Hoover Dam in Las Vegas because we used to minister there in Boulder City and places. Gigantic wall of a dam, like you've seen in pictures. And here's two people down here with a little ball peen hammer going, dink, dink, <laughs> dink. And you know, hardly any, what, no damage. But the more you keep hitting it, the more your muscle increases. Pretty soon you're able to pick up what we used to call, my dad used to call a single jack, four pound sledgehammer. And it goes, boom, boom, boom. And then other people are learning. So now there's about 45 people down here. feel stronger in what you know, and suddenly you're able to handle a 12-pound sledge. Like I used to have to wield all the time out in the oil fields. Boom. 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 And I mean, little tiny fish, little teeny cracks, you begin to break through the initial side of the concrete. But then, man, I'm telling you, the stronger you get, all of a sudden, man, you have enough people believing the same thing that electricity forms and then you're able to have power jackhammers. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's a picture. It's true. But see, and then the more people you have, the more that are in agreement. Where there's agreement, there's explosive power. And you've got to see. See, this is what we're racing towards right now. This is why I'm praying. I'm honest to God. You know, I'm praying for churches in particular across all London. This morning I was just really, really hitting it, praying for London churches and London pastors. God grant them revelation of who they are in Christ. May they speak in truth the power of your gospel and what it means, and may they speak about the abundance of Jesus Christ's relief. If we keep hitting this, this is what I'm saying. You've entered into a house of abundance. I'm going to tell you this much. Your pastors have entered into this and taken hold of it with a firm grip. 
We are a house of abundance. And I'm telling you, we just keep hitting this sucker. It's going to break. I said it's going to break. Everything God does is by process. I'm telling you, we just keep at it. This sucker's going to break. It's going to break. And that wealth that is God's is going to break loose and be used so incredibly powerfully and dramatically for what the kingdom actually stands for that it's going to blow the ever-living mind of MN, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, Sky News. It's going to blow their ever-living minds. Look at what these people who call themselves the Church of Jesus Christ are doing. They're educating the young. All the people they educate are far wiser than all the ones in public school. Look at the finances. Look at the education system they have. Look at the hospitals they have. Look at the doctors they have. They have more wisdom than all of the others put together. You know, I mean, honestly, that's, that's God's will. And I don't know if you bleed or not, but I do. That's what's going to come to pass because it's God's will. But see, what if all of us believe the same thing? What if all of us actually believe what the Bible said? Do you understand what's right in front of us? I'm telling you, I'm looking at the horizon of something. It's right there. It's right there. It's like right, it's right there. <clears throat> it's right there. But I got it. He said, but this is, it's a violent time. It's a violent time to violently get to God, God's way. The language of the earth, set it to the side and get the language of heaven. I'm telling you, get the language of heaven. Get an agreement with heaven. <sighs> Money come. Money come. I was praying this morning again about our own house. I said, it's time, Lord. House of God for this church, come. I'm telling you, come. We sang it this morning too. What is that? What is the scripture again? What did you say about, you know, what is impossible? What's it, what's it say? Something impossible? What? Read me the lyric. What, it said something about possible, be possible in me. That which is impossible, make it, make it possible in me. Oh, 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 But hear it. But see, we sing this stuff, but we've got to hear what we're singing. More, more than I can think. Making the impossible possible in me. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday. Thank you.